0: Even at the grave we make our song. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. I hope y'all are doing well this morning. I... Just wanted to let you know up at the top of the sermon, this is gonna be a bit of a shorter one as we have some other liturgical and sacramental things going on this morning. And we gotta get to those. So even though this is gonna be shorter, I promise I'll make up for it when I preach next week, maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Does that sound good to everybody? taken that as a yes, uh, but I just wanted to take a few minutes before we get into everything else this morning to talk about some of the connections that we see between baptism and burial. We are fortunate enough this morning to bear witness and participate in the second half of a liturgy that began 24 hours ago. Yesterday morning was the funeral and memorial service for Edith Angel, And this morning, we, as a community, are going to baptize Henry Jordan, her great-grandson, into the death and resurrection of her Lord and ours. We're joining a liturgy already in progress. We're rehashing what happened yesterday because baptism and burial are, in essence, essentially, the same, or at least they're two sides of the same sacramental coin. The words we say and the symbols we use The white garment, the fire, everything we do in these liturgies shows us that they are both getting at something that Paul says in Philippians this morning. They're getting at the essential truth at the heart of everything we believe, that we have been made Christ's own, that we are Christ's own. In the Anglican tradition, the tradition in which we squarely sit, our tradition, we believe that the sacraments are outward, visible signs of an inward, invisible grace. They're signs pointing to the grace that is already there. Paul, this morning in the epistle, gives his laundry list of qualifications, his own list of outward, visible signs that point to what? his abilities, his bona fides, his accolades, and he counts them all as loss, as rubbish, as refuse, even. They're nothing in comparison to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And that's what yesterday and today are combined and continuing liturgies, burial and baptism, are all about. Knowing Christ, being united with Christ, being Christ's own forever, that is the whole point of this life. Burial makes clear what we proclaim in baptism, that our lives are not our own, they are Christ's own. Burial is the consummation of the promise made in baptism, the promise that Christ made in John 10 that Alan referenced last week, that Christ came to give us life and give it abundantly, a life only he could give because it is his life. It's not a life we can or could build on our own by being whatever our equivalent of Paul's Hebrew, of Hebrews, or a Pharisee under the law, but something that is a free gift of grace, made possible in our covenant with Christ, forged in his blood, we are, indeed, Christ's own. In baptism, we become members of the family of the household of God, And this morning, we see members of a family by blood become members of a family by water and the Spirit, God's family. We know the phrase, blood, is thicker than water, and there's something to that, absolutely. But there's another longer, slightly different conception of that phrase that may or may not actually have some historical roots. But it reads, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And I think that version reveals to us a truth about baptism. The blood of the covenant, our covenant, the blood that makes us Christ's own by baptizing us into his death and resurrected life is Christ's own blood. In baptism, we cease to be our own and we become Christ's own. We die his death and we are raised to this new life, his new life with a family, even as we walk this new life with our family of origin. And that is why, at the end of our earthly journeys, we say in the burial rite, even at the grave, we make our song, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Because we are Christ's own. Because it's not on us to make us new. It's not our job to save ourselves. It's not up to death to have the final word. That's God's job. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, He has a line that has shaped my thinking around death more than just about anything, where he says, for the Christian, death is no longer the final horizon, God is. At our burial, we approach death knowing with a full confidence that God is beyond the death that we die. And at our baptisms, we begin the slow trek of eternal, abundant life toward that horizon where death no longer reigns, where it no longer has dominion. In our baptisms, our journeys to that final horizon where God is, to that horizon that is God, where there is no more sorrow, no more pain, no more tears, no more death, where eternal life is found. Amen.